Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Corden. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to take a little bit of a rewind. Well, send it back to the year of 2018, you know, back in the day when the Denver Broncos selected Bradley Chubb and passed on a certain quarterback that they're going to play against oh, this Sunday in Josh Allen. Should the Denver Broncos have went with the quarterback out of Wyoming instead of Chubb? We'll discuss that today on the podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just stop, skip it and jump away from Coors Field, 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. As always, on Thursdays, joined by Zach Seegers, contributor, milehighsports.com. Uh, Zach, we got a lot to discuss today, so let's just get right into it. Um, and let's start with Josh Allen versus Bradley Chubb. Okay, so I'll set the scene. It's 2018. It's draft day. You're going up to the podium. Fifth overall pick after Denzel Ward was picked by the Cleveland Browns at four. Bradley Chubb falls to you at five. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, Paxton Lynch is on the roster. This is um, two years into the Paxton Lynch experience. So I think most people, let's be honest, had a pretty good idea of what Paxton Lynch was. He was a bust. And you have Josh Allen on the board. You have Josh Rosen on the board. Quentin Nelson, the great guard on the board, reports that the Denver Broncos were going to trade down with Buffalo to, uh, you know, essentially stockpile more picks, yada, yada, yada. Instead, they take Bradley Chubb. He falls to him at five. If you could do it all over again, would you instead take the quarterback out of Wyoming, Josh Allen? Uh, Heck no. I would really? run. I would sprint that draft card uh, to <laughs> up to the podium and take Bradley Chubb with half a second off the clock. That is, it, it's a no brainer pick. This guy has Von Miller, Cleo Mack talent uh, rushing the passer, and he could be even better in the run game. I think it's easy to forget how good he was because he's missed this season with the torn ACL, but he got the second most sacks of all time as a rookie. This is a guy who could be, one of the top two, three pass rushers in the league for the next 10 years. He could be what Von Miller has been for the Broncos. Uh, Josh Allen, I'm not even sure if he's a good quarterback yet. Right now, I would say if you love Cam Newton, uh, Josh Allen's perfect for you if you'd like a Cam Newton that's less accurate, throws the ball with less touch, almost zero touch, <laughs> and isn't as good of a runner. He's a good runner, but he's not as good as Cam Newton. He's the less dynamic Cam Newton. And would I rather have that than a Khalil Mack Von Miller talent? Heck no. Can I, I'm going to present the other argument, though. Uh, would it be fair to say Bradley Chubb had a tremendous season last year? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely no a tremendous season. Even through the tremendous season, they won five games. They won five games, okay? If Josh Allen is mediocre to good, as we've seen this year with the Buffalo Bills, and look, make no mistake, uh, he has thrown interceptions. He has certainly fumbled the football, absolutely. The Bills are 7-3, and three, and they look like they have hope now. And they have a franchise quarterback, at least most people think, that 
they can build off of now and build around. And I think that's the big problem with Denver. And we talked about this previously when we spoke about Justin Simmons versus Drew Locke and that interesting conversation of, would we rather see Justin Simmons locked up with a long-term contract or Drew Locke immediately see the field? The problem is, is that you, you would immediately think, oh, well, I'd rather have Justin Simmons locked up for a contract, right? Okay, yeah. We'll also understand that Justin Simmons playing at an all-pro level right now, and they're 3-7. and seven. But yet, we need to see what Drew Locke plays. It's all about the quarterback. So I, I agree with you that it, I, I think they would. I would rather continue to go with the best player available in Bradley Chubb. But I can also see very much uh, the, the, the temptation of the idea that, you know what, maybe you should have picked Josh Allen if you could do it all over again. I can see the temptation, but again, I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I think, yes, the Bills have a good record this season, and maybe they're turning the corner. I think there are five things more important to that record than Josh Allen. I'd say their very easy schedule is very important. The fact that their defense, it, it hasn't been a top five unit recently. I think their early perception has, has made people think their defense is a lot better sure. than it is. But early in the season, they were a dominant elite defense. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'd say coaching defense and schedule are all bigger reasons for why the Bills are doing what they're doing than Josh Allen is. Uh, the Broncos, on the other hand, to your Justin Simmons point, have had a brutal schedule. Have uh, had a lot of breaks go against them. And yeah, their quarterback situation is worse than Josh Allen. Maybe having Josh Allen would boost that. But when you draft a quarterback like Josh Allen, who's just middle of the road, you end up getting locked up with him for five years. I'd almost rather draft a, a bust of Paxton Lynch proportions where after a season or two, I can scrap it and, and try to find another quarterback than draft a Ryan Tannehill or a Marcus Mariota that's going to keep me in the middle for five years. And then maybe after the five-year option, you sign him for two more years and you're stuck in purgatory for even longer. I think that's far more miserable than, um, you know, cycling through quarterbacks like the Broncos have been. Certainly been an interesting discussion this week, obviously, because the Denver Broncos, Buffalo Bills, a little bit later this week on Sunday, of course, they will be in action in Buffalo. Uh, let's get to the actual game. And if you're the Denver Broncos, look, you get a hard-fought, positive loss. Zero. I don't believe in positive losses or bad wins, um, but certainly, look, you pushed a very good Minnesota team to the very brink, to the very last play, and you put yourself in a position to win. And in a Minnesota. Couple things, yeah, in Minnesota, in a very hostile environment. Uh, what do you expect for this Buffalo game? Because I, I think Denver's going to face a little bit more of that same kind of hostile crowd, hostile environment. Look, Bills are, are an upstart team, regardless of the record. Regardless of the record, uh, they are 7-3, and three and they do have playoff um, implications in their future. That means they're, you're going to get the best Buffalo Bills team possible this week. If you're the Denver Broncos, how do the Denver Broncos escape Buffalo with a win? Uh, I think this game is so much easier than the Minnesota one. The Bills, yes, like you said, they're 7-3, and three, but I think that record is way too generous to, to what they've been as a team this year. Uh, I know the old Parcel saying you are what your record is, and the Bills have found their way to win those games. But it's not black game, and white like the, that, though. Exactly, yeah, it's not first, black and white like that. The, the first time they played the Dolphins, and this was when the Dolphins were winless and and in the dregs, really. Uh, the Dolphins were leading going into the fourth quarter, and I was, I think, in Buffalo. It might have been in Miami, but still, this is not a good team. They've struggled with the Jets. They've struggled with bad teams, and they've come out on top. Well, let me give you their wins. But, just give you their wins right off the bat. Yeah. Okay. Think of all the bad teams in the league. I'm probably going to check all of them off. 
The Jets, Giants, Bengals, who, by the way, are 0 and 10. Yes. The Tennessee Titans, we've seen how bad the Tennessee Titans are. Uh, even that's though their, and that's their team. best win. That's, that's their, their only win, win against the Titans. Exactly, team. a 14-7 win uh, on the road. Then they also beat the Dolphins twice and the Redskins. Those are some bad teams. Really They're bad not... teams with bad defenses also, might I add. Yes, and I think that, again, is what's really uh, boosted Josh Allen up. I think... It, it's it's the schedule gods being very 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 kind to the Bills, like you're saying against teams with a running winning record or even a decent record, they've struggled mightily. Uh, they're nowhere near the team the Vikings are. They're nowhere near the defense the Vikings are. I think the Broncos come in, and honestly, I'd pick the Broncos. I think there's a very good shot they win this game because the Bills are. I'd say the Bills are the most overrated team in the league. By the way, I'll also note that their games against the Patriots and the Eagles, both losses. Those are two pretty decent teams. They also lost to the Cleveland Browns as well, too. And I should note that of Josh Allen's year that has been fairly good, the one year or the one game this year that he played very, very poorly in was the New England game in which he threw three interceptions and no touchdowns. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at TAF 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just stops giving a jump away from Coors Field. We're going to pick this game next and a big injury potentially affecting the Denver Broncos' future. That's next. So, again, welcome back to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. Before we pick this game, I want to dive into actual college here uh, because you, of course, uh, uh, write our What's on Draft, where you talk a lot about prospects and draft picks, because, quite frankly, that's really what we should be discussing if we're, I think, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, because this is a team that's playing for draft status right now. You know, Denver kind of lodged in that back half of the top 10. And a massive injury in Tuatunga Viola with his hip injury, the surgery, he's out for the rest of the season, uh, does have insurance. There are some people that believe he is now not the top pick overall, although a lot of people believe that even before then, Joe Burrow was the better player. Where does this sit for the Denver Broncos? Does this actually benefit them if you like the idea of Tuatunga Viola being the first-round pick? Will he even slide? What does your gut say? I think he will slide a little bit, um, but but it's unknown how much he will slide right now. I think that's the big mystery uh, for the Broncos and and for a lot of these teams right now. Uh, the surgery seems to have gone well, and he should be back to um, physical activity in three months is when that reha- uh, rehabbing process will start. And up until then, it's really going to be super murky. We have no idea now um, how much time he's going to miss. I think best-case scenario is he comes back, maybe what we're seeing with Drew Locke, you know, 10, 11 games into next season, and that should be enough to drop him two, three, four spots, uh, especially with Justin Herbert recently improving his stock. He's playing better, and I think he's a guy where the combine and the um, off-season workout stuff will really benefit Herbert. He is a gym guy with all the athletic traits. Uh, The question mark there will be how does he do in the interviewing portions, but if he does that, he could see a bump. Uh, especially with Tua, he'll be kind of, I think, forgotten in this uh, pre-draft run-up. There's a good chance he drops at least two, three, four spots. The big hurdle for the Broncos in their hopes to get to a tag of Iloa, and I think if he's on the board for the Broncos, unless Drew Locke looks phenomenal, you take that pick because Tua tag of Iloa is one of the best prospects. Outside of the injury stuff, one of the best prospects we've seen at the quarterback position in a while here. Yeah, and of course, we're going to be talking about the injury and... Yeah. Look, uh, the discussion, the the somewhat unfair discussion is going to be brought up several times is, look, uh, I want Tua Tunga Viola if he's healthy. 
It's like, well, you you don't get that opportunity. It's either one or the other. You want him or you don't. And so now with the injury, that's obviously going to play a big factor. Of course. And that's why I think you got to take him. If he's not healthy, you have a quarterback you drafted in the second round last year and Drew Locke. Maybe it works out. I don't think you can have too many young franchise quarterback options. I think if you get a second one, especially a prospect as good as Tua is, I wouldn't say the Broncos should take a quarterback in the first round of this draft if it's any other prospect. Outside of maybe Burrow, I'd I'd also take Burrow if he somehow slid to the Broncos. Uh, But the hurdle to getting Tua is going to be the Dolphins, who are currently picking fourth. Uh, The Dolphins tanked this year specifically with the mindset of we're going to draft Tua first overall. Now, they probably won't get that first overall pick, but now with Tua sliding, it's hard to see Tua sliding. Unless, yes, unless Tua's hip injury is a little behind schedule or it's a little worse or the Dolphins fall in love with Herbert, it'll be hard for Tua to slide past him. But if he does, Broncos have to make that pick because otherwise they could be kicking themselves like one of the teams that passed on Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Now, this is, let's not forget, though, Denver, I believe, is slotted to, to pick number seven right now. Uh, there is plenty of teams in this league that need a quarterback. Okay, and, and I've always found this funny because there's a lot of people who always say, well, you know, the only teams ahead of the Denver Broncos, you know, particularly who need a quarterback are the Bengals, you know, the Dolphins, Dolphins and maybe Bucks. Tampa Bay. They're kind of in that same range. Let's not forget teams that don't need a quarterback could always trade out. Okay? Yep. They could always trade out. So, and we're going to be talking more about quarterback prospects and, and drafts and everything like that a little bit later down the road. But I want to get just your general temperature for the Denver Broncos in your interest. Not knowing what Drew Locke is, do you still want a quarterback picked here? Because I know you just said you, you can't have enough young prospects. But let's not forget, you could also be passing on a, a Jackson or a Judy or a big-time talent yes. that the Denver Broncos could really use at seventh overall. But should quarterback be in the future in that first-round pick anyways? And that's why I say no outside of Burrow and Tua. And maybe Herbert, if Herbert really does the interview stuff well, there's just so many red flags there that really concern me with Herbert. Um, If it's Burrow or Tua, I think quarterback has to be in the discussion at that sixth, seventh pick, eighth pick, wherever the Broncos end up picking. But the top ten of this draft is so, so, so talented. You have Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirth, Wirfs, who are two of the better tackle prospects we've seen in the past four or five years. You have um, Jeff Akuda, who's maybe the best cornerback prospect. I mean, we we, we so haven't Marshawn, even talked about Chase Young. I know. He he's, could arguably well, he be the best player, period. He will be, but he won't be on the board for the Broncos, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> he, he's better than Miles Garrett was coming out of the school and Von Miller. He is built in a freaking lab. Um, but even a guy like Jeff Akuda could be on the board for the Broncos coming out of Ohio State at cornerback. They've had some good cornerbacks recently, like Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward. Uh, Akuda's a better prospect than both of those guys. So, so you're talking about a great cornerback, great tackles, positions the Broncos need, great safety maybe if they lose Justin Simmons or Will Parks this year for the future. Um, great offensive line. They need a second wide receiver behind Sutton. Henry Ruggs could be a Tyreek Hill type. Uh, C.D. Lamb's an excellent player. There's so many guys that you don't want to pass up. Isaiah Simmons could be a great linebacker, safety, weird hybrid player for the Broncos. I'll take them all. I'll take them all. Exactly. Yes. And so (laughs) this draft in the top ten, in the top ten picks, is some of the best talent we've seen probably since the 2011 class that had Patrick Peterson, AJ Green, Julio Jones, Von Miller, all those guys. So 
it's hard to pass one of those players up unless the quarterback there is really, really special, especially when you don't know what Drew Locke is because maybe he is a hit. And it, you wouldn't hate flipping him for extra picks, but you don't want to pass up one of the superstar. Like the guys at the top of this draft just have superstar potential everywhere. Certainly a lot of talent. And uh, look, a lot to play out on the field, off the field for the next five, six weeks before Denver, I think it's a very clear idea of what they do want to end up doing. Uh, but certainly, look, the play of Drew Locke could affect that. Um, the idea that, you know, he comes out and and I don't know if he could uh, immediately hold off anybody, but certainly he could enter begin that entertaining that idea of, oh boy, maybe we do need to look at, at a quarterback if he just looks absolutely awful in the games that he does play. Assuming he does play because, well, Vic Fangio seems like he is in no hurry uh, to play Drew Locke. As uh, he said yesterday, it was not vitally important uh, to play Drew Locke. And, uh, you know, Zach, when you hear that, um, particularly for me, I'm, I'm a bit um, baffled. I don't get it. I don't understand. The season is over. It's three and seven. This team is not going anywhere. Quite frankly, they would rather lose games. Yes. When you hear something like that where it's not vitally important to play a guy in Drew Locke, I mean, my initial thought process is, what the hell are you talking about? That's kind of mine, too. I I got it, the point he was trying to make there with, he referenced during his time with the Saints, they had a young quarterback who one season played a few games really well, and the next season they tried to make him the starter, and it just wasn't there. He wasn't starter quality. And he's saying you can't make a, a big assumption off those few games but you can learn something from him. You know what I mean? Like, it, you don't have to judge whether or not Drew Locke's your quarterback of the future based on those five games. But it's, you know, an important data set. It's data. It can give it's you knowledge. more information on making that decision. Knowledge is power in yeah, the NFL. It doesn't have to govern it. He can come out and play poorly, and you don't have to blow the whole thing up. He can come out and play great, and you can still consider a quarterback in next year's draft. It doesn't have to be a lock one way or the other. But it can give you some information if this guy can play on an NFL field. If he goes out there and looks like Paxton Lynch, you know something. And look, let's be honest. Uh, if if Drew Locke gets the final five games of the year, the Chargers, Texans, Chiefs, Lions, Raiders, there is plenty of a sample size there to really realize if this kid's got something mm. or if he's just a complete bust. And again, and bad defenses. And and I and look, and I I I want to note too, even in bad performances, and I say this a lot on the podcast, even in bad performances, you can see flashes of potential. Yes. You know, you can see it's like, wow, that's an NFL throw, hash to hash, timing route, really a, a good understanding of what the defense is trying to do to him as opposed to looking completely lost and just kind of walking around seeing ghosts, you know, a la Sam Darnold. That's just, there's ways to look good even in bad performances that I'm going to stress now because everybody's going to tell me afterwards, well, when did you say that prior? Telling you now, there are ways to look good even in bad performances. And that's what I want to see from Drew Locke because they, at some point I'm getting tired of this, this project situation. Yes. Shove the guy into the water. And can he swim or can he not? That's Absolutely. the period end of and, story. And Buffalo's been doing this, to, to your point about you can look good in bad performances and losses and bad games. Josh Allen's been doing that for two seasons in Buffalo, and they're happy. You yep. know? Like, he he still has yet to put together a full game where you're like, oh, that's an NFL quarterback who can manage the offense, spread the ball around. And they're still happy because once or twice a game, he has a throw that makes you go, 
wow, this guy has the potential to be something truly, truly special we can build around him. That's all we want to see from Drew Locke. And also, if you think Brandon Allen looks like an upgrade on Joe Flacco behind this offensive line, which he does, and I think the awful offensive line's a big part of it, Drew Locke's more mobile than Brandon Allen. He's got a better arm than Brandon Allen. And he's been thrown to the Wolves before. He was a four-year starter, starting as a freshman, at the University of Missouri in the SEC. Yeah. The SEC West, playing Auburn, Alabama, and LSU every year. Yes. Yeah. He as, can handle it. As much as I love uh, uh, our Missouri friends, um, this is not the greatest program right now in the SEC. You don't think? And, uh, you know, he. <laughs> this is why it reminds me so much of Jay Cutler. Because Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt was the underdog. They were the little team in the SEC getting beat up all over the place. And yet, constantly, he was putting up some decent numbers, a little fearless. Now, obviously, the, the attitude is completely different, but that's all the more of the plus for Drew Locke because it looks like he cares about football far more yeah. than what Jay Cutler did. And I'm not saying Jay didn't, just saying he <laughs> didn't exactly exuberate. And I think he would say this himself as uh, uh, he kind of has that same mindset even when he's getting paid in TV commercials now. That kind of mopey, you know, yes. I don't really care what's happening attitude. That's not what Drew Locke is. Drew, Drew Locke, Locke is, is, is somebody who is showing that, look, he understands football. He's learning football. He's, he's kind of an X's and O's junkie. I think this is a guy who seriously has a lot of potential. Absolutely. He's he's Jay Cutler if Jay Cutler wasn't the most apathetic human being alive. You know? <laughs> yes. He, so uh, <laughs> let's wrap this podcast up with picks because you mentioned a little bit earlier, you are taking the underdog here. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. I uh, you Look at that Vikings game. That's a game they should have won. Uh and a lot of times when you see a comeback like that, the offense folds up. The offense didn't fold up. They had fold up. They had four second-half drives. One of them was that last drive where they didn't uh, score on those three throws. Uh, they had a missed field goal, and they had a made field goal. So three out of four drives, they got in scoring position. The, the offense is really rolling right now. Uh, the Bills, I think, are, the, like I said, the most overrated team in the NFL. And I think this Broncos team is going to win a lot of games down the stretch. Uh, I say Broncos win. 23 to 9. I, I, you know what? It's funny because I'm actually kind of leaning your way. Is I actually think this is a Denver Broncos team. Look, I understand the old school mindset of you are what your record says you are, but this is a better team than a 3 and 7 team. And Buffalo is clearly a team that is not exactly um, you can playing make the at the caliber, maybe that their record says they are. Okay. Uh, this is a team that is beat up on some really bad teams. And I tell you what, if you line up the Cincinnati Bengals in front of the Denver Broncos seven out of ten times, they probably win eight, nine out of those ten times. I mean, that, it really is kind of the way it's looked. While Denver has had to face some really, really tough opponents this year and, you know, is grinding through the Packers and uh, the the Chiefs and, quite, quite frankly, even the Colts. And in four of those seven losses came down to the very, very last play. Yes. Yeah, so certainly, and, and five of those losses are by one possession, you know. Yeah. So certainly interesting and something that we will note. Uh, I will go with Denver in this game by, I won't give you a score, but I'll give you a number. Denver by six. How about that? I like that. So, and just your point about um, record not being everything, in, in DVOA, Football Outsiders actually thinks the Broncos are a better team by several slots than the Bills, and, and DVOA is excellent at figuring out how good teams are on the whole. Certainly interesting that uh, we will be, of course, covering not only today, but every single day 
on the Broncos Blitz podcast. It's all presented by our friends over there at TAF14. Uh, before we get out of here, Zach, you do a lot of work with milehighsports.com. Tell us about what's coming up. I just had an article come out today going uh, diving a little deeper into that Tua Tagovailoa situation, should the Broncos take him uh, if he falls there. And then I've got a lot of preview content coming up for this one. I'll uh, do a well, I'll do a round table previewing the upcoming game, and then I'll also put out a, a three keys before the game. A lot of good stuff coming up. Be sure to check that out at MileHighSports.com. Of course, you can follow uh, well Mile Sports on Twitter at Mile Sports. You can follow myself at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E Letter K Radio on Twitter. And Zach, I'll give us your Twitter so that people can follow you as well. On Twitter, I'm at. Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Seegers. That's S-E-G-A-R-S. Very good. And then, of course, always, if you want uh, updates on the Denver Broncos, you can find that at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com for player profiles, interviews, discussions, all the good stuff over there. And, of course, a daily podcast. Well, wherever you get your podcast on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, maybe it's at milehighsports.com. All that great stuff. Be sure to go check that out and subscribe to our podcast. And we want to give us a little five stars because you love the content. Well, we really appreciate it, too. So that's it for today's podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, find more info on the Denver Broncos at MileHighSports.com for player profiles, discussions, interviews, breakdowns at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.